the grid, a digital frontier. I pictured patriots as they moved throughout our country. Do they look like individuals or small business? Were the rallies like church? I keep dreaming of a world I hope to one day see. And then, today, I got in. Hello, fellow Americans. This is Chris Coleman, your host with the Kingdom Patriot Group. Welcome to The Grid, where faith, politics, and commerce intersect. Washington, D.C. is sick. Time to put another physician in the House of Representatives. Chris is talking with a D.C. outsider from Michigan with common sense to spare. Next on The Grid. In order to expand our audience to like-minded believers and patriots, you have to tell them about us. How do you do that? I'm so glad you asked. Right now, in this moment, hit that follow button on your podcast and give us a five-star rating. Tell your friends and your neighbors about this community. Share any episode on your social media. If you feel compelled to share that photo of little Johnny who fell in a puddle, then surely sharing an episode of The Grid is just as easy. Help us today. Tell others about the Kingdom Patriot Group and this podcast, The Grid. Welcome to this week's News and Review. In tragedy news, we go to Uvalde, Texas. Unbelievable tragedy when a deranged 18-year-old forced his way into an elementary school, unobstructed and unhindered, before killing 19 children and two adults. Several officers were also injured, as well as many children. There is much backlash on both sides of the aisle, as Democrats and liberals are screaming for more gun laws, and Republicans are blaming what appears to be an inept law enforcement response. Here on The Grid, we are going to restrain ourselves from political commentary on this issue. We have much to say on this, and likely will do in a future episode. But the wounds are too fresh on this one, and out of respect for those grieving families, we want to say a quick prayer for them. But the one political thing we will say, and that is in stark contrast to the group of Democrats who said this week, F your prayers. We believe that God still moves mountains, and that prayer tugs the heartstrings of our Father in heaven. So let's pray. Lord, as we read your word, we see in 2 Corinthians that praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Lord, we lift up these grieving families to you, Father, and we pray, Lord, that you would bring them comfort. We grieve for them when we see a tragedy like this, Lord. No parent should have to bury their child. Lord, we pray that through this horrible tragedy, that your grace, your mercy, your compassion would shine through. And Father, as we also read in your word, that all things work together for good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring comfort, that you would move strong, and that lives would be changed for the better because of your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. On to the culture news. Apparently, in its 2016 through 2020 strategic plan, a division of the NIH, known as the National Institute on Drug Abuse, is promoting anti-addiction vaccines that nullify or counteract the effect of drugs such as heroin and fentanyl, rendering them ineffective in producing a quote-unquote high in the brain. We're hearing about this now because it made news this week. And now in the midst of a true and real pandemic, such as drug overdose, this is likely to get the attention of many people who care for others. And boy, does it sound promising. But I ask, are we just exchanging one needle for another? At what point do we turn to the cross for deliverance? 
This, by the way, is actually being labeled a behavioral vaccine. To me, this feels like another potential good thing that could open the door for so much bad. What happens when bad behavior gets defined as something more broad and more encompassing than just addiction? What if racism is determined that it can be eliminated by a vaccine that maybe people are just genetically predisposed to racist thoughts and behavior? So where could that go? That's very, very concerning. I absolutely love the one person's comment in this story. If we can create a vaccine that would cure all the idiots that voted for this administration, I'm all in. In other culture news, it was learned this week that State Farm might not have been such a good neighbor after all. They've been asking employees to donate books for LGBTQ plus promotion in schools. However, reading from Focus on the Family, we have some good news to report on this story as well. Following a day of backlash from customers, State Farm Insurance has dropped its support for a project that placed transgender, inclusive, and non-binary children's books in classrooms, libraries, and community centers. The company partnered with the Gender Cool Project, a transgender and non-binary youth activist organization to donate books for children's ages five and up, written by the Gender Cool spokespeople. LGBT activists are now angry with the company, even though State Farm still supports a wide variety of LGBT activist groups, including those that target children and teens. Folks, I cannot tell you enough about how much your voice is needed. In political news, it was breaking news on Saturday that the FBI, shockingly, has opened up an internal investigation into potential misconduct within its own agency. Do you think? I think Hillary's campaign needs to be investigated. Folks, you cannot claim manufactured falsehoods and send them to law enforcement erroneously claiming wrongdoing. For you and I, we would end up jail for doing what was done here. And on the receiving end, this would destroy most Americans' lives. The only reason Trump escaped all of this falsehood hoax claims is because he had the financial resources to combat this. This should make us very, very afraid. And lastly, the World Health Organization ended up not passing the amendments to the international health regulations as we reported in our Kingdom Patriot Alert. Folks, you made a difference. The reason these proposed amendments failed is because of the groundswell of grassroots opposition. Right now, the only thing our politicians fear is a public that influences the poll numbers, and we have tons of momentum on our side, but only when our voices are heard. I know I personally contacted my senators as well as the president and vice president. I did not make a difference, and you did not make a difference, at least not alone. We collectively made a difference. It cannot be overstated, the voice of the motivated conservative. Keep up the good work. For this week's News and Review, that's a wrap. Welcome to another edition of The Grid. I'm Sean Griffin, and I'm really excited about today's podcast because it's the second installment in our series here on The Grid titled House Call, A Physician's Journey to Congress. This is a podcast series following the campaign journey to D.C. of Dr. Sherry O'Donnell, congressional candidate of Michigan's 5th District. This series will touch base with Dr. O'Donnell at various points between now and the November elections. Not only will we hear from her on issues of local and national importance, but we hope in covering the campaign that we might inspire some of you to run for office too. In this second installment, Chris Coleman touches base with Dr. O'Donnell to get her perspective on four critical issues, inflation, healthcare, immigration, and COVID-19. Now, here's Chris and Dr. Sherry O'Donnell. Well, we have with us today, Dr. Sherry O'Donnell. Welcome. Thank you, Chris. Glad to be here. So glad to have a chance to talk to you as your campaign has ramped up and gained momentum. 
in running for the U.S. representative in Michigan's District 5. I thought today we'd uh, cover a couple of topics that are important to the voters, specifically important to the Republican voters, as well as conservatives and really all Americans. And it probably doesn't surprise you, but the very first one is the economy. That is number one on everyone's radar, given the challenges that we have with it. Anytime you look at the polls, you see that, that people are concerned about inflation. The interest rates are rising, and it sounds like the Fed is going to raise the interest rates multiple times this year. Supply chain issues are a major concern. As our newly elected Congresswoman, how would your leadership help in this economic crisis? Thanks, Chris. And you're right. That is an absolute key issue for so many people, even as we're door knocking. I've never spent $80 in filling my gas tank until recently. I think the number one thing that we need to do is start drilling locally on our soil. I think that will get the supplies up. The cost will come down. You know, too many times that we're in, we're headed towards a recession, Chris, and that should be concerning to all of us. When you continue to have the situation that we do economically, we're headed into a recession very, very quickly. So I think number one is drilling. Number two, we just need to keep the American first ideology, and that's to bring businesses, to bring things here on our soil. So do you feel then, I think I know the answer to this just based, just based on uh, your comment there, but do you feel the answer to combating the, the challenges in this economy is more government regulation? More government regulations? No, sir. We need to have far less government regulations. And businesses are feeling such the squeeze right now. It's, it's impossible to continue to do what we're doing and have government increase regulations. We need far less regulations, Chris. You know, it was hard for me to ask that question as I smiled here, knowing what your response would be. Um, recently, it was reported that the Biden administration believes that a key to battling inflation is to raise taxes on corporations. Do you agree with that assessment? Oh, my gosh. As a business owner, no, no, and no. We need a flat tax, not more taxes. We have enough tax. In so many ways, I feel like we have tax without representation. What's happening with the increased taxes on business is that does the exact opposite of what we want to do. Basically, they'll raise their prices on their commodity. That's called inflation. They've got to absorb the price and cost somewhere. So eventually and ultimately, the consumer is going to pay that price. And part of the problem now is that there's too much money chasing too little goods. So they increase the price. So in supporting small business then, which personally I consider the backbone of America, are you saying that we should reduce the tax, reduce regulation, and let the American ingenuity sort of go unbridled and, uh, and grow naturally? Absolutely, Chris. All right. We're going to switch topics here. And I want, actually, I say switch topics, but in reality, it's really, uh, there's quite an overlap, one and the same. And that's that's in regards to government leadership. By any poll measured, congressional approval ratings are at historic lows. We're talking in the teens, sometimes single digits, depending on the day. It seems like every day there's another scandal, another conflict of interest. And it often feels like our leaders, they do have a constituency, but it's themselves, that it's all about taking care of themselves. How will your leadership restore confidence in our representatives and particularly in that branch of government? Chris, I think that people are so hungry for truth. We have seen anything but truth over the past couple of years. And, you know, my whole phil uh, philosophic 
truths about government. And that's why I haven't been greatly involved before now is that they are a den of liars and thieves. And I feel like they can do their thing. I would do my thing and never shall the twain meet. However, these past couple of years, not only did they meet, but they collided. The number one thing I think we need to do is begin speaking the truth to reestablish faith and confidence in those of us that will be leaders and are leaders. I think that starts with transparency and accountability. I appreciate that. I know that uh, my trust is shaken in Congress, and uh, you would do a lot uh, to restore that trust. Thank you. You know, one of the things you you obviously you have a broad a uh, broad spectrum of experience in mission work, an author, teacher, but at the backbone of all of it is your work in the healthcare field as a physician. And one of the things that I, I am acutely aware of is that the cost of healthcare specifically labor is absolutely out of control. Hospitals, health systems, physician practices, they all are struggling mighty. How would you encourage or support or help to control or even reduce the cost of healthcare? Chris, I think large healthcare systems and insurances, they're giving their CEOs huge bonuses. And I think that's very unrealistic to put that on the backs of the people. Bonuses need to stop. They need to be the leaders in our healthcare system used to be one of the physicians and then they keep their salaries after they retire. And it's just craziness of what's happening. The average benefits of CEOs are into the millions. I think we negotiate with insurance companies and not what we've done is not negotiate with individuals. If I have an individual that doesn't have healthcare insurance, number one, we refer them to the Herbie Clinic, which is a free clinic that I established 14 years ago. But those uninsured are hit with huge bills that they're never going to be able to afford. The paper trails but that are continuing to follow patients and, and doctors, and but they're not improving at the bedside. What I mean by that is some of the governmental programs that have been put into place, they create a great paper trail, but they're not, they're not doing anything but incentivizing the healthcare systems, and it's not doing anything to the bedside care of the patient. So you have to step back and say, why are we doing things like the CPC uh, Plus and some of the programs that have been instituted by the government? You have to wonder, why are they doing that? Giving health care to everyone is not something the federal government should own, but that should go back to the states. We go back to the system that worked in the past. You know, Mike Huckabee, when he was governor in Arkansas, put a great emphasis on healthcare and lifestyle and incentivize patients to get healthy. And I think that journey is some of what we need to get back on. There's some balance, I think, between the capitation system that used to be that the doctor would get X number of dollars per patient per month. And then the physician and the patient would spend those healthcare dollars wisely. I think there's a combination of something like that that should be in, in place. The other thing that I would consider is healthcare vouchers. The same patient that doesn't smoke and lives a healthy lifestyle should not be hit with the same prices as someone that does not lead a healthy lifestyle, smokes two packs of cigarettes a day and is 200, 300 pounds that, you know, overweight. And we see that every day. And yet the healthcare is seeming to allow and, and force everyone to say the, pay the same amount of monies. And I think the other thing that, I, that needs to be implemented is cross the state insurance companies and create competition against with amongst the insurance companies. I know in different states, they have issues like certificates of needs where competition is not even allowed because the state will approach 
a particular specialty, a particular service and say that um, we only allow so many of those in our state and it does, it does reduce competition. I think you also hit on something that I think is very important that you didn't talk necessarily about health care. You talked about health. And as we have sunk dollars into the healthcare industry, significant dollars, one of the largest pieces of our entire economy in, in terms of GDP is the quality. Yes, we may have extended the life expectancy of folks in the United States, but have we really changed their health? Have we really changed their ability to live a quality life? And what I'm hearing you say is that that's not the case, that obesity is, is a problem, that we, we have all these diseases and these challenges that we've sunk millions of dollars, billions of dollars into, but we've really not changed the overall health of individuals. Am I hearing that correctly? You are, Chris. And I think that's where we need to emphasize some of the health and lifestyle changes that should be implemented. More when we return. The law offices of Joshua Kuhlman were established in 2015 in the greater Dallas Metroplex. Licensed to practice law in both Texas and Florida, this firm will handle your criminal defense case and in some circumstances, even a personal injury case. Having worked in the prosecutor's office for four years, the Kuhlman Law Firm knows how the prosecution thinks, works, and assembles a case. That's why Josh is the right attorney for you. Have you been wrongly arrested or unlawfully arrested for exercising your constitutional rights? Or have you made a mistake and need honest expert representation to navigate your legal options? Then the law offices of Joshua Kuhlman are for you. I know Josh personally, an avid hunter and outdoorsman. Josh loves this country that the Lord has blessed us with. He will represent you well today. Give him a call at 903-574-3789 for a free consultation. Again, that's 903-574-3789. Be sure to mention you're a Kingdom Patriot. And we're back with Dr. Sherry O'Donnell. Sherry, let's pick up a conversation that also is important on everybody's mind, and that is the subject of immigration. It's something that's certainly near and dear to my heart because I have family that lives in Texas specifically within 15, 20 miles of the border. And they talk about this problem in great detail. And while it's not necessarily the most critical issue for area, every area of the United States, for those states that do have a border, this issue is critical. How would you support controlling immigration in a humane way? First off, the border needs to be closed. I've been to 33 countries, if I include Ukraine, which I was there a month and a half ago. Every single country that I'd been to, it's required that I show my passport to come into the country. The illegal immigration has to be stopped. That border has to be closed. How would I do that? It's not our federal government's responsibility to allow millions of people to come into our country illegally and then continue to support them when our own economic system is broken. I think that the way of, of helping internationals when there is crisis is exactly what I do. And that should fall on the back of Christians and the private population that wants to go and help, not the federal government. You said that, that, that we should close uh, the border. And in other words, stop, stop what I would call not just really the leaky faucet, but really probably the, the fire hydrant of illegal immigration that's coming in. And how, how would you do that? Do you support a border wall? How would you go about closing the border? I absolutely support a border wall. When Trump was in office, that was much better under control. And we need to empower the border officials to enact legally again and to stop some of that. But the 
what's happening now, Chris, is insane, especially when people are coming over in such droves. They're bringing with them, let alone the narcotics, and we've all heard about the fentanyl abuse, but they're bringing over disease. And when you have that many people, you're creating refugee situations. And that is just so wrong on so, so many levels. It's wrong in that you create the disease, you create the overpopulation problems, you create a hardship on our economy. So Chris, it does have to be stopped. So am I hearing you say that you would support law enforcement in the enforcement of our immigration laws? Because as I understand it, illegal immigration by definition is illegal because we have laws on the books that prohibit it. Yet the administration, the current administration has prioritized non-enforcement as their immigration policy. So do you support law enforcement? Absolutely. I support law enforcement. We put them there for that purpose, Chris. And that's, I support any law enforcement that is acting within our constitution. And I think we need to go back to the system that worked. And that's that there's applications that need to be filed to come in. And if it's not working well, there's departments in in Congress that are tested and touted to, to fix it. But what they're doing is making it worse. The Homeland Security needs to be empowered to be just that, Homeland Security. And that's not happening when you're allowing millions by the droves to come in. We talk about this a lot of t- a lot in a, a lot of ways in the business world that when you've got a when you've got a major problem, you stop the bleeding first. And it's yes. <laughs> that really makes me think of the of this particular issue in immigration that we've got to stop the illegal immigration first and then make sure we fix the system. Absolutely. So the last topic that I'd like to discuss today is COVID-19 and the pandemic that has sort of changed life as we know it. Can you take a minute and just discuss your philosophy and how you would balance public health, but also the idea and the concept of freedom from tyranny, especially it relates to COVID or any other future pandemic? Oh, you're only giving me a couple minutes on that, Chris? <laughs> I've spent I've hours on that. First off, I think the thing that needs to happen is we need to stop the executive orders that are overreaching and overpowering. What Whitmer did to our state was absolutely criminal. We need to give the power back to the states and hold our leaders with greater accountability. We need to stop sanctioning healthcare workers. Chris, I, I'm a physician. And we saw that not only with the physicians, but the nurses who were at the bedside of COVID-infected patients from its inception. And then suddenly they're mandating that nurses and doctors get vaccinations that hadn't even been proven and are are suggesting that and that they mandate that to their patients. There have been some doctors and healthcare offices that have not even allowed patients to come in and see them again unless they're vaccinated. I think the other thing that we absolutely need to do is take the power away from a single individual. Dr. Fauci, who's involved with three different organizations and him solely as a director of National Institute uh, over infectious disease and allergies, we've given him way too much power and there was no checks and balances in that regard. I think we also need to be very, very transparent about the kickbacks that NIH is getting and the systems that are measuring compliance. You know, as a physician, I have some compliance scores that I have to measure up to, and those report cards are out there, and yet we did nothing with that. So saying that that he has that amount of power should not absolutely be allowed. There should be that checks and balances because that's 
for one individual. And the World Health Organization should not be given our medical sovereignty, which is looking as it's going to at least be represented that way. I don't think personally that's going to pass because I don't think that the executive agreement that's happening, that the Supreme Courts will allow that. But I think we give the power back to the healthcare workers that understand disease and disease entity, not an individual that hasn't practiced in medicine for years, not a government body that doesn't understand medicine. But I think that, Chris, goes clear across the board with all businesses. We need to empower the business owners, the experts in their fields to own that and lead it, not a governmental body leading us and telling us how we ought to behave healthcare and that physicians need to come into compliance with their desires, which has been gratefully financially gaining to them. So I think we need to give the power back to the people and the physicians, the medical people that are in that field. You know, I really appreciate that answer. And as, and as you're, you're telling me this, you're, you're, you're telling me in response to the question about COVID, but I think, I think you're right. I think this applies to every area of, of our way of life and our government. The greater concentration, the greater consolidation of power you have, the closer you come to tyranny. And what I hear you saying is we need to decentralize that. We need to remove individuals that have sole authority to make decision-making um, in our country because the greater consolidation of that power you have, then obviously that that is taking the power and the freedom away from the people and putting it in the hands of an individual. And that doesn't mean that we necessarily subscribe to that individual's philosophy, thought process, beliefs, or values. Absolutely. And Chris, we are seeing that across all fields and, and all systems. I mean, look what the farmers are doing. The farmers would love to feed the American people, bringing the ag home, and yet the regulations that are there are far overreaching. So I think we need to help the industries that can help us and allow the experts in those fields to take control. Well, I appreciate you spending time with me today. This is rich information, and it just solidifies why I'm going to vote for you. And absolutely, it should solidify for the audience why you should vote for Dr. Cherry O'Donnell for U.S. Representative in District 5. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Chris. Have a great day. Thanks again for our sponsor, the Law Offices of Joshua Kuhlman. Don't forget to give him a call at 214-307-4179 for a free consultation. Again, that's 214-307-4179. Also, don't forget to visit our website at kingdompatriot.us to join the movement of faith and freedom. That's kingdompatriot.us. Join today so that together we can make a difference. Your membership is appreciated. Your input is valued. Your voice is needed. I'm Chris Coleman, and I am a Kingdom Patriot. Music